I didn't say you could sit down. Stand up. No, I'm joking. For 11 years, the College of Biblical Studies at LCU has been pleased to host the annual Lanier Theological Lecture Series, generously provided by Mark and Becky Lanier and the Lanier Theological Library. And our friend uh, Charles Mickey is always so gracious to bring the speaker who comes to us for that lecture series. He's got his wife, Kay, with him. Would you all stand so we can recognize you today? <laughs> Dr. Sharon Dirks is our guest speaker today. She'll be receiving a much fuller introduction this evening. I'm just going to say just a couple of brief words here and let her have the time she needs. Her early training in college was in biochemistry, and then she earned a Ph.D., in brain imaging from Cambridge. Maybe you've heard of it. After practicing as a scientist for 11 years, she moved to Oxford for training in Christian apologetics, a field she's been working in for the last 15 years. These days, she works as a researcher, an author, and a regularly sought-out lecturer, primarily at the intersection of science and faith. Not an easy intersection to always work in. Um, I want to encourage you to attend two other events today. At 2.40 in the CDC, the Bible Building Theater, she will be giving a lecture primarily for students, but all uh, faculty and staff are invited as well, whoever can fit in there. And if you get there and it's full, you'll have to leave. Her lecture will be entitled, Our Science and Theology in Conflict. And then this evening at 7... In the nursing building auditorium, she will give the primary lecture that she is here to give, entitled Neuroscience and Human Identity, Are We Just Our Brains? At universities, these kind of lectures are crucial. I want you as students, if you have the time available, to this is a way that you can take yourself seriously and engage your mind about some important topics. So I want to encourage you to come out and hear Dr. Dierks. Today her topic is Finding Hope in Turbulent Times. She comes to us all the way from the UK. So please help me welcome Dr. Sharon Dierks. Thank you so much, Dr. Carey, and thank you all for your time this morning. It's a pleasure to be here in Lubbock, and um, I'm loving my time in the U.S. I've been here for um, almost a week already, and uh, it's, it's wonderful to be here. And I know that you've been looking at the theme of hope in chapel uh, in recent weeks, so I'd also like to look at this theme with you this morning. I wonder what things you are looking forward to. Perhaps it's to finally finishing your dissertation. Perhaps it's you're looking forward to the end of term and finally a break from work at some point. Maybe you're looking forward to Thanksgiving and just getting to hang out with friends and family again. We all have things that we're looking forward to, things that we are hopeful about, something on the horizon perhaps that we are thinking about. Hope is a theme that comes up a lot. In the UK, there's a, a charity called the Children's Air Ambulance, and the strapline for this charity is keeping hope alive. 
And my friend, uh, well, you'll, you'll probably know that, you know, the British are rather partial to a hot beverage known as tea every once in a while. And, um, and my friend has a little plaque that says, while there is tea, there is hope. And that is really central to the British psyche. While there is tea, there is hope. Many of the adverts that we see around us are marketing not just a product, but they are marketing hope. Did you know that the late Steve Jobs, the former CEO of Apple, said, don't sell products, sell dreams. That when, when someone buys an Apple product, we don't just want them buying a product. We're, they're set, signing up to an ideology. You, they want you to put a piece of ideology in your pocket. And by carrying that around, you adopt the visions that Steve Jobs had, that dreams can be fulfilled, that you can take a stand in life. Don't squander your life. Don't live by someone else's rules. They are not just marketing products. They are marketing hope. If I buy this thing, then perhaps there's a chance that my life can be all that I want it to be. What actually is hope? You know, a lot of the time when we use it in our everyday language, it's, it, it's a measure of uncertainty, you know, I, I hope this might happen. But actually, uh, dictionary definitions say that this is the feeling that you have when you believe that what is wanted will actually happen. In other words, the feeling generated when you believe that what is desired is actually possible, it is actually achievable. That dissertation will get finished. The holidays will eventually arrive. This situation that I'm facing will come good if I can just hang in there. Did you know that doctors say that hope has a powerful effect in medicine as well? The, the levels of recovery of patients depends, is, sometimes has a radically different outcome if that patient has hope. And there are some surgeons, as one such doctor at the Maudsley in London, that says when he faces a patient that is seriously ill, if they are in a state of hopelessness, that is what he has to deal with first, before you even start to deal with the physical condition. Because we all know what it is to have had hopes dashed or to have lost hope about something. There are things that perhaps you once believed was possible, but it now seems impossible. There's a verse in the Bible that says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And we have all, I'm sure that you have experienced the effect of having hope for something, and it just hasn't come to be. And the disappointment that this brings... I wonder what this has been in your life. And I know that for some it is crushing. What does the Christian faith? In fact, when hope fades or when hope is lost, it is often easier to simply lower the bar on our expectations. We manage our disappointment. We start to expect less out of life. Just to, just to put off the need to become disappointed again. We settle for less. Now, what does the Christian faith have to say about hope? 
Well, we've just read and had read to us um, a, a historical account of Jesus healing a woman who had been ill for many years, who had been under the care of many doctors, and none of them had been able to help her. And we hear of a girl who was dead and was raised to life. You see, this is the kind of thing that Jesus Christ did when he walked the streets of first century Palestine. You see, if the Christian story of true is true, if all of that stuff is true, then the bar has been raised again. It has been skyrocketed on what is possible in life. You see, if the Christian story is true, then God is not some aloof and distant, far-fetched figure that looks down on us, gently patting us on the head, there, there, you'll be all right one day. The Christian faith speaks of a God who has stepped out of eternity into human history to be with us, to be with you in all the things that you face. A God who was willing to get his hands dirty and get into the grittiness of life. You see, here we see two people come to Jesus for help. And they are both at the end of their rope. They know they have tried everything. This woman, her illness left her marginalized. If you're bleeding, you're an outsider in this culture. She was lonely. She was financially spent. She was emotionally spent. She was physically spent. And we have an older man whose daughter was dying. They both come to Jesus for help. The woman comes anonymously, hoping to go unnoticed. We don't even know her name. And the man comes more publicly. But the, what they both have in common is they recognize Jesus as someone who can help them. They both put their hope put their faith in Jesus because Jesus is a living hope. Now notice here that faith is not a blind thing. We can talk about more uh, about this in, in the science lecture, but their faith in Jesus is not blind. It's not them just willing themselves to believe something impossible. Here's a living, breathing person in front of them that they believe can help them. And on the basis of that evidence, they put their faith and their hope in him. And Jesus does not disappoint them. He meets them in their situation. He treats them as individuals. Jesus does not deal with people in a cookie-cutter, one-size-fits-all manner. He knows individuals. He dignifies individuals. He sees you. He knows you. He brings hope out of despair. He makes a way where there is no way. That is what we do, he does here. A woman is healed of a lifelong illness. A 12-year-old girl is raised from the dead. You see, if the Christian story is true, then whatever happens in life, whatever you face in life, you need never face it alone. Maybe you feel like you're alone. You don't, it doesn't have to be that way. God sees you. He knows you. All you have to do is turn to him. There is help available. And because of this, there is hope. And there is hope for every situation, for every kind of person. I don't know whether you feel like you fit in, whether you feel like you're in the in crowd, or whether you're on the margins. Here we see a woman on the margins, and we see a man in public leadership, a synagogue leader. 
They are both responded to by Jesus. You see, if the Christian story is true, there is hope for everyone. There is hope for people who feel like they fit in. There is hope for people who feel like they don't. And no one is beyond the reach of God. Now, some of our friends might say, look, isn't this miracle a bit far-fetched? Christians seem to believe in miracles. Isn't this the height of irrationality? And perhaps people in biblical times were just more likely to believe in a miracle and somehow they managed to kind of just imagine amazing things to happen in this pre-scientific age. Well, it's interesting, isn't it, that when Jesus arrives at the house of the girl, she has already died and people are in a state of profound grief. A life has been cut short. And when Jesus says, this child is not dead but asleep, they don't just automatically assume that a miracle has happened, do they? They laugh hysterically at him as somebody would. People were no more likely to believe in miracles in in biblical times than they are today. We also know that believing in miracles is not irrational because this very account was written down by someone who is highly rational in their thinking, a medical doctor whose training was not a barrier to his acceptance of miracles, the physician Luke. And in fact, you know, if we think about the scientific realm, you actually need to know what normally happens in order to recognize a miracle. You need the normal to recognize the paranormal. You need to know the natural, the laws of nature, the regularities in order to recognize the supernatural when occasionally something different happens. And it's precisely because people don't normally get up from their graves and walk again that Luke recognizes this as a miracle and the resurrection of Jesus ultimately as being miraculous. And you see, if God exists, he will be capable of creating a world full of laws and regularities that science can uncover and also occasionally suspending those laws to do something extraordinary. And in the world that we find ourselves, it's worth asking this question if we're skeptical about miracles. What kind of intervention would keep hope alive? The Christian faith doesn't speak of a God that meddles with nature for its own sake, just to mess with things. It speaks of a God who rescues people In the case of the children's air ambulance, it is the prospect of rescue that keeps hope alive. A helicopter arrives to airlift children to safety. It is dramatic. It is different. It is not what people are expecting, but it is exactly what is needed. Jesus brings rescue to people who come to him, and in doing so, he turns situations of despair and grief into situations of life. And hope. You see, if the Christian story is true, then rescue is possible for you and me. Rescue from what, you might say? Well, rescue from ourselves. Some of our biggest disappointments come from our own mistakes and regrets. Perhaps there are times when you wish you'd made different choices in life. Many of us carry guilt and shame and 
disappointment and we carry it around with us like a weight. A bit like Santa Claus, we're not far off Christmas, are we? Carrying this huge weight around with us all the time. Is there a way to be free from this? Well, if there was somebody whose hands were free so that they could take the weight, who was not themselves weighed down by their own shame and guilt, then there would be a way to be free from these things. Well, the Christian faith says this person exists. Jesus Christ has never known shame and guilt. He has lived without guilt, without shame, without sin. Fully man and fully God. And he died taking the full weight of all of our mistakes upon himself so that if we turn to him, these things can be lifted off of us. You know, you hear all kinds of things in life. This is the best news that there is. I came to discover it at around your age as a young adult, having not grown up in a Christian home at all. You see, if the Christian story is true, then change is possible. Forgiveness is possible. Rescue is possible. Transformation is possible. Jesus is able to break patterns of behavior and thinking that you are not able to on your own. We can't fix ourselves. We need someone bigger and more beautiful than us to do that. Don't miss the good news of what Jesus Christ has come to do. And then finally, and very, very briefly, if the Christian story is true, there is hope, not just for this life, but also beyond the grave. A 12-year-old girl was raised from the dead. This is a foretaste of what Jesus himself came to do. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will live even though they die. So let me ask you today, what is your hope in? And what will it look like for you today to put your hope in Jesus Christ? Even if that's something you've done many times before or that's something you've never done before. If the Christian story is true, then the bar has been raised exponentially on what is possible. Don't lose hope. There is hope for every person, every situation. And it is a hope that will never disappoint us. Thank you for listening.